Okay, is it? Yeah, it's going. Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Same But Different podcast. Today we're going to be talking about mental health. And just a little disclaimer at the start of all of our podcasts as well. We are not experts in any way. So don't be taking, uh, don't be using this as like the gospel according to Keelan and Ellie because it probably is just shy talk. So if you actually, if you're any triggered by anything in this, seek, um, seek, professional help help. get professional help everyone go to therapy don't be taking our advice as as if it's completely true because we are probably not as educated as we should be on it but anyways we're just going to be giving our own experiences what what, whatever questions that you have to give so to start what's going to be the first question i kind of want to talk about mental health stigma Okay. As the first one, because yeah. even um, it just because I think it'd be a good opening because we make jokes about like self-deprecating jokes and jokes about our own mental health issues. You yeah. know what I mean? Like when we're discussing it, it's you know like oh my god, I hate myself. LOL, self-destruct mode, activate. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I think that that would be an important thing to talk about. So do you want to talk about your experience with that? Yeah, I think it's a unique situation to be in if you're an influencer because I've always believed in don't take. Um, mental health advice off someone who's not a psychologist like you just shouldn't like I think maybe seek help from your friends and family for support Mm -hmm. but don't look to someone who you see obviously it's hard because you see some people as role models and then they're talking about their coping mechanisms but it might not work for you and you should just seek um, professional help but anyway but it is good for people to speak about their experiences but only for the pure fact of making people feel comfort and knowing that they're they're not alone you shouldn't just be taking advice straight off someone else if they're not a professional so I think the issue is with me and our family we make a hum like we may turn it into humor as yeah. our coping mechanism we're like uh, for example you know see so says she's like I'm clinically depressed yeah. but some people can see that as being insensitive or that she's making it up like she's yeah. like I'm so quirky because I'm depressed yeah. when really it's like actual facts but we just use it as a joke because mm-hmm. we're like self-deprecating lol and you see and as well because we, we had like a brief discussion about this before um we started the podcast but you said that it's a coping mechanism humor is a coping mechanism for these sorts of issues and like uh, my jokes that i'd make would be more like i'm a piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> or like i'm shamed or i'm like pity me or shit, shit like that you know what i mean yeah. like set more self-deprecating rather than like making jokes about my actual mental health issues do you think that that could make it worse because then it becomes more incorporated into who you are as a person rather than your mental health issues being like something that you're just suffering with at the moment you know what I mean like do you think that maybe it becomes more internalized the more you kind of talk about it and expose that and normalize it for yourself I think it's I think it's better to speak out about it because I did kind of have conflicting opinions within myself being like I shouldn't talk about my mental health issues because it might influence people to be like this is cool to be troubled you know and that's not the image that I want to portray but at the same time mental health is a spectrum like everything else like sexuality etc you're not like unwell or well I don't think like there's an in-between and you have good and bad days it's not like you're going to be at the same level of mental wellness every single day or like you're not going to feel shit about yourself every single day even if you do have a mental disorder Mm -hmm. like for example if you are depressed and because you have one good day people start questioning themselves like maybe I'm not depressed and I'm just making this up and I think that's a real issue with society and being stigmatized about speaking out about your problems because if you 
seek help and then you're happy the next day someone's like you're just looking for attention and I think that is the whole stigma around it is that we're all looking for attention and you don't have issues and you should put your life into perspective and you have so much to be grateful for but unfortunately sometimes people just do have a chemical imbalance or people are going through trauma that you have no idea about and the thing is the big issue is you're not going to know every single thing about a person and even if you were a family with someone even if you're best friends with someone even if you're in a relationship with someone you have no idea of every single experience they've gone through in their whole life so there's no way that you can make that judgment and Mm -hmm. say you're looking for attention that's not true but I think it is an issue where sometimes if an influencer is like I'm going through anxiety and then they explain their symptoms sometimes some people can watch that and be like I must have a disorder as well yeah but I think as well at the same time you need to kind of distinct there needs to be a distinguishing line between mental health issues and a mental disorder like an actual diagnosed disorder Mm. that you know because everybody I think the vast majority of people suffer with mental health issues and like and anxiety disorders and you know and different variations of that and panic attacks especially like in in the modern world I don't know if it's that the modern world is making people more mentally ill or if it's because people are talking about it more like I don't I don't think anybody's really able to answer that question Mm -hmm. um but in terms of like talking about it and making jokes about it it's like I can kind of see both sides of the coin there where it can be perceived as something where it is it's turning into something that's like trendy or cool or like yeah yeah, because like I like I think the the thing about like jokes about mental health I find them so funny when somebody makes a joke about their own mental health issues like that's something that I think is really funny because it's like shocking yeah yeah yeah. you know what I mean it's like the shock factor um but I don't I it would probably and I don't know if that's like a form of processing what's going on Or if that's another maladaptive coping mechanism that's like go- going to make the problem worse because there then it becomes a thing where other people if you make that joke about your mental health issues and other people are laughing mm-hmm. and they think that's funny then it's like oh I'm the funny depressed person you know what I mean? <laughs> but I think the humor it, it kind of normalizes it because you can speak in a way that's lighthearted and you like. Is it something that should, like I? But I'm just one opinion, and yeah. my opinion is that it's normalizing it. Yeah. Like that's just me though, and other people can find that insensitive. So I do have to be careful of what I say, and I'm always because I make YouTube videos and have podcasts, and people actually listen to stuff that I say, yeah. which sometimes I don't realize because I just shut it out. Yeah. It's like thousands of people are listening to me, but I'm not. Pay- I'm just. I acting that I'm just. What? It's like, <laughs> like when you do a live, you know, when you're doing a live and it's just the riskiest fucking thing yeah, ever. Yeah, Every single yeah. time me and Keila go on the live, we just regret it so much the next day. We're like, we're never doing it again. <laughs> and it's like, back again, rewind. But um, yeah, so I have to be, but as well, I when I make YouTube videos, I get to listen back to everything I've said. And then it's a kind of a, a form of self-reflection. Yeah. So I am for, I'm forced to be very self-aware because okay. you have to be aware of people's, feelings like I'm trying my hardest not to be insensitive but sometimes unfortunately you do offend people because I am so like outspoken and real like my humor may be taken the wrong way and uh, that's obviously something I'm working on but I really don't agree with shaming people into silence especially when it comes to mental health so for example it's like oh I'm asking I have to go to therapy but like me being serious but people are saying that is insensitive because yeah. but even though I do have to go to therapy or another know. thing is as well um 
like if ther- and t- like uh, that's hardly a tendency concern you're going to therapy like sh- fucking everyone and their mother goes to therapy you know what I mean like yeah. that's just such a that's such a common thing nowadays I feel like that why would that how that would that possibly be an attention seeking thing but I think um more on that point of trying to when when was one of the questions that we got was a girl saying how do I tell my friends about my mental health struggles without looking like I'm attention seeking um I think the whole if you're if you're talking about your mental mental health issues to anybody it's because there needs to be attention brought to the fact that you're suffering from mental health issues so essentially what you're doing is you are seeking attention off your family and friends that's not a bad thing I don't know what where we got this like negative connotation with the term uh, attention seeking what I think people have a problem with is where there's no healthy boundaries between you and your friends because at the end of the day your friends aren't a mental health expert either and a lot of the times if you're dealing with people who are empaths they're going to start like taking on your issues Mm -hmm. so it's just trying to find a fine line between telling them what you're going through and then them lending a a listening ear without expecting too much from them or without you unloading your emotional issues onto somebody else and making it their problem Mm -hmm. you know and obviously especially because if you have if you're talking to friends your friends love you and they care about you and they want good things for you you know in all like healthy friendships but are you are you telling them because you want to have a conversation about it or because you want somebody else to g- suffer with it with you yeah you know yeah uh, because uh, because you have to take kind of responsibility to a certain extent and book that therapy appointment and I know that it's expensive as well like that is such a fucking privileged like middle class thing for me to say be like just get a therapist and my 80 year old week therapist oh, like do you know what there I mean is, like such an arsehole like you can go to Pieta yeah no I went to Pieta um but it's only for people who are under 18 oh yeah so that's but I I would like recommend Pieta House so much that was the best therapist I've ever gotten in my whole life um and that was the, that was a free service obviously so like there's but uh, not that not that fucking like the Irish government are doing a great job in any way like mm-hmm. they're doing appallingly um in terms of our mental health services but Pieta House is a really good resource but you see the thing is it's like the the thing about Pieta House is you have to be uh, actively self-harming or have suicide ideation in in order to qualify oh, yeah, to yeah. get an appointment so it's kind of a thing where why aren't we preventing it we're, we're waiting until somebody wants to kill themselves until, until we start solving the fucking issue yeah you know and that moves on to the next point so mental health in kind of schools and how that should be taught mm-hmm. so what would your opinion on that be I think it's too focused on kind of it's just systematic um, progression in capitalism is that's just my idea of schools it's just like you have to get higher points so that we can keep the economy going you're such a wanker I know I'm such a cunt I'm pretentious bitch like I always have to have, I'm just like but capitalism yeah, is the root of the like problem consumerism but consumerism yeah you with your fucking macbook pro like, I know like, it's stop all I'm just like I saw dudes for a living lol anyway sorry besides the point but uh, but there is no like you know the way you see in American movies like there's a school nurse it's like yeah. why don't we treat illnesses such as like a cold flu where you don't go in for a day but say you're having a mental health day you're having a bad day for example and I know women struggle with this as well if you have really bad um 
a depression that's derived from PMS. That actually is a real thing, but we yeah. don't take it serious enough. Yeah. Where you actually cannot, you cannot function in normal society mm. if you are PMSing or say if you're on the contraceptive pill. But for some reason, we just don't treat it the same as like any other illness. Like mental yeah. illness is like, oh, that's fake. It's not real because yeah. it's abstract and you can't see it. Yeah. It's like you can't see someone who's sick in their mind. Mm. And there's not enough studies on the brain even to really understand it. Like humans still don't understand what the fuck's going on with the mental illnesses. So I think in school, it's just not taken seriously enough um and we should be allowed mental health days and obviously when you get to transition year there's like mental health week (laughs) and it's like but what are we actually doing like are we getting to the are we helping anyone Mm. it's just like we're bringing awareness in quotation marks we're bringing awareness to mental health but it's like how Mm. how are you and then like the next year you're back in fifth year again it's just like you have to work so hard to get all these points in the leaving cert that we don't go down in statistics in schools like it's all such a focus on academia academia rather than the uh, making a well-rounded person because mm. that's where you make that your mind is developing during those they're critical years in your development so you should be shaping the youth's minds to be better people and yeah. to look after themselves but w- at what point do you think now i don't think this at all that it's just like everyone's weak you know yeah, i don't yeah. think that at all and i don't want like to be giving that impression but where do you think it become where do you think it becomes a problem of young people having no resilience you know what I mean to be able yeah. to like cope and like because a lot of a lot of growing up like uh, like adolescent years are fucking horrible like mm. me being 13 and 14 were the worst years of my life mm. you know because it's just so shit yeah. and especially when you're like because you're growing and you know you're going through puberty and like you're gaining weight and it's just a really scary fucking time and you're starting to drink like no, it's like no one else started to drink that Ellie <laughs> like no one else um but where I, I but I feel like going when I when I went through that myself I I had therapy I I, I, I was going to a therapist but a lot of what I learned was how to have a good perspective on my life mm-hmm. in order for me to be able to you know become a more resilient person yeah. you know and become a stronger person um so where do you think it becomes a thing where we're asking too much mm. or to be coddled too much or where it would then in future we'll find it hard to kind of face the world on our mm. own you know what I mean where do you think that like that distinguishing line is of like a sufficient amount of help obviously there's not a sufficient amount of help so that isn't the issue but like even we're scared to say certain things on our podcast because we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings mm. you know what I mean it's like are are we um are we policing ourselves kind of too much in that regard you know I think though resilience is also a nature versus nurture thing Mm. because you can see even with siblings they differentiate so much and they get the same parenting so I think it is just like the more studies needs to go into it and I can't have a full because I think I am really resilient Mm -hmm. so I don't I can't I, well I can empathise with people who might struggle with stuff that I don't understand but at the same time like I don't know where I got my resilience from yeah. I can't pinpoint a moment in my life where it's like I had tough love someone gave me tough love so I can, I'm able to go through this yeah. I just think I developed it within myself I think okay. you do find resilience within yourself and I don't think it was because I I was a hor- I think I was horrible when I was a teenager like mom and dad literally did anything to make me happy like and I'm able to put my life into perspective and think Jesus Christ I had it so well because they would literally do anything for me to make sure that I was happy so I actually have no idea where I got the idea like I got my resilience from or how I was able to yeah. go through things with life rather than just being like I feel upset so I'm gonna t- take to the bed for a few weeks I, I think um that's actually funny the way you brought that up but um 
about like realizing you're resilient but I think as well with tough love tough love has been the most effective way for me and also it depends on the individual because some people are too are are too fragile Mm. to be given tough love and I understand that but like even like you for instance you've always been because like you've always been like my role model and stuff when I was growing up but like you would always go Ellie like pull your fucking socks up stop you know what I mean stop being a crybat like you know what I mean like when we were kids you'd always say that Ellie stop fucking crying and like you know and like that was so because then I'd kind of be like you'd you'd always say look at Searsha Searsha doesn't cry why are you crying do you know what I mean and then I'd be like that's fair enough like why am I being a crybaby you know and that that helped me that, that I think it's okay to cry by the way anyone if anyone's <laughs> listening to this being like oh no. Keelan's a horrible person no no no, no. sorry Keelan no the Keelan was like that was that would have been Keelan at like 12 would have been saying that to me do you know what I mean but like she you've but like that was you know I'm so grateful for that lesson you know like that was at the time I hated you when you'd say that to me but now I'm like upon reflection Jesus Christ I'm so glad that someone said that to me you know but at the same time like mum and dad wouldn't have been the type to be like oh no like yeah. Keelan hurt your feelings you know what I mean oh you poor thing they would have just been like stop ratting on your sister yeah, they're like, no one likes a rat <laughs> literally that's what she'd say she goes stop ratting on Keelan <laughs> so funny <laughs> I'm just like a prison um anyway yeah so uh, yeah I, I feel like that as well that I don't have like an adequate education that kind of thing and like I think there should be there should be met there should be some system put in place just to give people the tools to learn how to get over yeah. their own mental health issues but because it's so like personalized to each person's experience mm-hmm. it's hard to provide that service in schools and like there are school counselors and I've always liked my school counselors you know so mm-hmm. far and no you know they they were always they were always very nice people and like <sighs> okay sorry our mom just needed uh needed us to open the door because she forgot her key but uh we were talking about uh systems in place in schools for people who struggle with mental health so do you want to just yeah giving providing people with good coping mechanisms so like the awareness is all well and fine because the the schools are just like we're doing the minimum you know i mean the minimum requirements here we care about our your children's mental health whereas like I actually don't know how much that's true. Well, like our school was very good in fairness, you know what Which I mean? One, there. First or the second? Second, second. Oh, yeah. Um was very good for those sorts of things. I because, always I always felt very safe there. But we were in a privileged position because it was such a small school, so yeah. you could get the attention from teachers. Like they'd notice if you weren't in. And like you had like a, a, a certain level of like a relationship with your teachers, you know what I mean? They'd know you, they'd know you to see like you'd have normal conversations with them. Like they're very respectful of the students. Mm-hmm. So um we we had a good system there, but it's kind of trying to it's not just the awareness that needs to be given it's kind of t- teaching people how to cope yeah. you know with life because like life like this is also something my mum would always say to me yeah. life is shit oh <laughs> you just God, have to get on with I it which is that. so mean have, like when you're like feeling when you're feeling sad you want somebody to be like there's actually really good moments in life and life can be so wonderful and there's so much like zest to get out of it but like she just go yeah well Life is shit, Ellie. So uh, <laughs> don't know what to, don't know how to help you here. And that's the moment I pinpointed my resilience. There we are, everybody. <laughs> but I noticed, like this first secondary school I was in, after mom and dad separated. Uh, no, joking. Yeah. Bringing back everything to your parents' divorce. No, but when you do go to a therapist, they oh, love bringing that up. Yeah, and I was like, it. I have issues outside of this. Yeah, so anyway, it. so I was in class, and then the school counselor called me out, and I was like confused because I hadn't even registered because I had friends whose parents yeah. were separated. So I was like, oh, like I don't care. But anyway, 
she brought me out of class and she was just like how are you feeling and I was just annoyed I was just annoyed that I was brought out of class because I was like doing my junior cert or something so I was like this is a waste of time because at that age as well you don't understand how therapy is beneficial to your mental health you're just like this is annoying I don't want to talk about my feelings um but then I started going to proper therapists sorry we're getting on to the next point which is probably um uh would you like to experience would you like to talk talk about panic attacks and uh, panic attacks and anxiety. Have you ever had a panic attack before? Oh, I've had a pa- yeah, I've had a few panic attacks before. Okay. The first time I knew what it was because my boyfriend at the time uh, used to get them all the time, mm-hmm. and I I found it really hard to be able to comfort him. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do, mm-hmm. but so I just like rub his back and be like, it's gonna be okay. But you're supposed to distract the person because uh, you know there's loads of stuff on the internet now on how to help someone with a panic attack but at that time I was like I have no idea what I'm doing mm-hmm. and you just end up making the person feel worse you're like it's grand mm-hmm. everything's gonna be fine but then I started getting them as well um I'd had I think I used to get anxiety not pa- like kind of uh spurts of anxiety attacks in secondary school where my chest would just be really sore and then my man brought me to the GP and he was just like uh just stop drinking coffee and I was just like I don't drink coffee and I was like I was just like okay (laughs) I think I started crying when I left the thing I was like there's no cure for this um but then I had a panic attack which is so scary at the time like you're literally like I'm gonna die this is it and your flat my life was flashing before my eyes and I was like oh class I'm gonna die like this and I look shit people are someone's gonna walk in here and I look so ugly (laughs) and then like it was horrible but I don't get them at all anymore I don't know what it was um I'm probably gonna get one now after talking about it but um yeah I don't get them at all anymore so my experience of panic attacks was just like this is scary and I have no idea what I'm doing sorry like trigger warning for like when I describe my panic attacks like I literally get panic attacks for fucking breakfast like I'm get I get them so frequently but I've I've learned how to the more that I get them I learned how to when when you first get them they're a lot scarier Mm -hmm. as you get them as time goes on you realize no this just happens to me every now and then like uh you know you have to kind of just like talk your way through it and like you figure out things and make feel better like even having like chocolate helps mm. you know that's so simple and when you're in the midst of a panic attack you you literally want to ring you want to ring an ambulance like that yeah. that's what happens so what happens to me is um my this is gonna trigger a panic attack for me but my throat starts feeling like it's closing up and then I feel like I can't breathe so I can't relax at all um and my heart I I start getting a pain in the center of my not a pain but a pressure in the center of my chest and then I start thinking I'm having a heart attack um I no matter what I do I feel like I can't breathe um sometimes I get depersonalized episodes where I feel like I'm not in my body and I and I just kind of phase into my body and I'm going oh my god fuck what is this who are my parents who are my family who am I what's going on here is this real life do you know it's kind of that way like you're looking at your hands and you're going are these my hands I don't I don't remember ever it's it's really hard to explain depersonalization I get it um I get really long actual um spats of it that could last up to weeks where I'm just like or or, uh they're kind of disassociative periods um where you where you can't really feel actual emotion it's just kind of like you have a dull anxiety for like an extended period of time Mm -hmm. and then that's broken up with spats of panic attacks of being like fuck what is this what is life you know it's quite it's it's um it's actually it's actually really common but people don't really talk about it that much because it's just it's because it's not that extreme yeah you know like the panic attacks are extreme like it's scary being like you know uh, why am i yeah why yeah it's yeah exactly the feeling of imminent death but like i'd rather i'd rather have the the anxiety of imminent death than the anxiety of bit of depersonalization where i'm like you know what what i'm like who am i like what is this you know what is life like that's so weird you know um 
but that that's been something that I've like learned how to cope with over time Uh, and I think it uh, but it and as well when you're first having a panic attack um because I had my first one when I was like 14 and I remember I was with you when I had my first panic attack and um and then I couldn't sleep for like weeks after because it just freaked me out so much. But I, this is what, where I think that mental health awareness is important because I didn't know how fucking common they are until I reached like 16, 17. And then I'd be like talking to people in smoking areas, you know, and they'd be like, oh yeah, I get panic attacks. And I was like, what the fuck? This is just, everyone just gets this. I thought I, I literally thought that there was like, I had brain damage. Mm. You know, I, I like, I didn't understand because it's so, it's such an intense experience. Um, I didn't realize how it could be that common you know and it, it, it also you're kind of asking yourself you're like jesus christ why is why is everybody getting this what is the biological reason that everybody are having these experiences mm. because they make life really hard and especially when you're in your teen that's why being a teenager is such a nightmare because you, this all just gets you know what i mean starts getting ramped up you know so i think even like mental health education should start in primary school you know what i mean and because to prepare you for secondary school and to prepare you for all that shit that's going to happen because it happens to such a huge number of people Mm. and that's the tea (laughs) and that's the tea sis um do you want to talk about pms and contraceptive pill yeah go for it so my, I've always been an um, advocate for not having the contraceptive pill I know it's da- some people are like you shouldn't um, argue against pharmaceuticals but it's just that one thing that I have because everyone's like oh it's insensitive you people think I'm, I'm like so, sorry I'm so anti-big pharma though like I like hate we're not gonna get into that it's yeah, too political sorry. Oh, it's too political, political. Sorry, no because sorry. sometimes it's you know it's too, it is too conspiracy it's like sometimes I got a comment on my one of my YouTubes being, being like this is so damaging to younger generations to be like anti-pharma yeah imagine no yeah. we're not like anti-vaxxers or anything no we're not anti-vaxxers at all so don't don't get it twisted everyone just don't, like you know pill pushing so, corporations so I first went on the contraceptive this is like the most damaging thing that's probably happened to me in my whole life I went on the contraceptive pill when I was 17 16 17 anyway my doctor who was a woman by the way goes you're a bit young to be having sex first of all who the fuck do you think you Sorry, are fuck off with your antiquated like I gendered know. stereotypes like, I'm looking bitch. for protection but okay anyway so I went on the pill and um I was on a really really strong one and I suffered with depression really really bad after I got it and I felt nauseous all the time uh social anxiety basically couldn't leave the house had no sex drive either so it damaged my relate like even the relationship I was in so uh, literally everything in my whole life was affected um I got uh, re- like real episodes of um, uh deep-rooted anger just mm-hmm. anger for no reason and at that time I didn't know it was I thought I was like obviously it's an influx in hormones and I was obsessed with biology at the time it was like my favorite subject in school so I like looked into it more and it was completely just it was it, the answer was the contraceptive pill it wasn't just me I thought I'm, I'm the issue here there's something wrong with me I'm, yeah. and I, no amount of therapy could have fixed that I just needed to get off the contraceptive mm-hmm. pill so sometimes the answer actually is that easy where it's mm-hmm. just inflicted by something else so after then I got off the contraceptive pill um, my hair started falling out as well which also had a damaging effect on my self image and self worth because I was like I feel worthless and I don't feel beautiful anymore my hair is falling out and I feel disgusting and uh, I I think I had a bit of anemia as well so mum was making me take iron supplements bit of anemia there. I had a little sprinkle of anemia into that as well so I was very weak fatigued hair falling out so it was a whole like few years mm. just from taking the contraceptive pill that one time 
it really fucked my body up. So sometimes I know that uh, depression is caused by a chemical imbalance in your brain, and then it's also it could be hormonal. Her, it could be hormonal, and it can also be your cir- like circumstance. Yeah. So say if you lost a job, uh, if you've gone through heartbreak and stuff. So this one there was an answer. It was like hormonal, which I think is the hardest one because sometimes you know there's a stigma around women being like, oh, she's on her period. So she's yeah. pissed off. And like, honestly, that's, you see, for me, I'm, I'm pissed off when I'm <laughs> yeah, on my period. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm extremely, fu- I'm furious, actually. <laughs> like, for literally for a week, for a quarter of the month. Yeah. I just, sorry, you can continue with oh, the talk about period in um, a minute. So after around two years from getting off, it was like literally with withdrawals from the contraceptive yeah. pill. It was a horrible period of my life. And... I really took it out on everyone and I was mean like I was not even a nice person that was the worst part of it because it was all about me I'm going through so much everyone has to pity me Mm. I'm like I'm going through the worst like I have the worst life ever uh I wasn't able to empathize with anyone so self-obsessed the cloud of anger as well you know that's what anger does to you that's not even what depression does to you but see the thing what was worse no one talks about that like no one talks about going on the contraceptive pill like people make a joke of it obviously being like me three months before the contraceptive pill me three months after taking the contraceptive pill it's just loads of pictures of them crying Mm. and then you go to your doctor and it's like I I can't stop crying on the pill and they're just like yeah that's what it does to you but there's no why isn't there any urgency of like maybe there's an alternative to this like maybe we don't have to put ourselves through so much torture Mm -hmm. maybe women don't have to be so self-destructive all the time to please other people you know um and it like wasn't taught in sbhe like literally nothing and i knew three other girls who were on the same contraceptive pill as me and all of them started losing their hair after they got off it yeah it was horrible so literally what is wrong this is what i'm saying like this is why i'm conspiracy theorist about big pharma like what the fuck like yeah. why is no one addressing that yeah. like why don't they push things like um i don't know i know like different different solutions kind of have different effects on people but like the coil like everyone i know who's on the coil it just sounds fabulous you know what i mean <laughs> like i'm like okay it's literally Ellie's a spokesperson for the coil <laughs> <laughs> taking out an ad well what's it um what's the place where you get it women's health yeah it's closed oh okay. yeah but as well you know the way there's all those studies like they started a men's contraceptive pill yeah and they started getting the exact same symptoms and all of them quit all of them were like we can't go through it anymore yeah they're like this is inhumane yeah. what the fuck yeah, they're like, i can't believe people actually and women are just like give me more i want more oppression come on yeah. i'll take it um, so yeah, like it's fuck. we can li- that's why i've but, well, yes you have women anyway. and the worst thing is as well it's because like periods are like that is suffering for so many people mm-hmm. for a quarter of the month you're you're in constant suffering like I I'm in a completely different world when I'm on my period mm-hmm. like I can't focus I'm angry I'm I'm crying like I'm like it's ru- it ruins all my friendships and relationships because I want to cave everyone's fucking skull in for like <laughs> literally like everyone just steers clear of me for a week because I can't and like I'm usually a very loving caring person and I begin to hate myself and also it's like that, like that's and that's not e- that's the PMS that's not even you know what I mean that's yeah. not even that's before the curtains open you know what I mean <laughs> like fuck man um so and that's so shit the way there's no effective solution to that and I know it's kind of like it's it's the only thing that's kind of that's so primal we haven't even solved the issue yet the technology can't properly effectively help us with you know and like I'm I'm a lucky one 
for what my symptoms are you know some people can't are uh, take to the bed because the their pain their their pain is unbearable or they're getting sick and like imagine you don't even have a solution because Mm. the contraceptive pill can give you worse symptoms and also there are people who say who like swear by the contraceptive pill and don't and yeah or they tried out a few different ones and one helped more than the other but like i'm more and more hearing people who are not doing it anymore or i have loads of friends as well who are just like pull out method because they're just like everything else is just too inconvenient you know <laughs> i don't think we should recommend that uh, <laughs> live in the podcast no, guys, just, let's pretend yeah. let's pretend she didn't say that everyone use protection i really don't want to edit anything yeah, so let's just okay. pretend that that doesn't happen can we talk as well about because we're talking uh, on the subject of periods about body image yeah, around yeah, periods yeah, yeah. as well so um because wait can we, we pause because i'm gonna pee my pants yeah, yeah okay yeah, one sec sure. Okay, back once again. So we're talking about body image surrounding periods. Yeah, so I've heard a lot of people who suffer with... You were talking about like depression as a result of PMS. I've heard of loads of people suffering from body dysmorphia or because because obviously your body changes before your period so you become more bloated you feel generally just more shit and lethargic. A lot of people experience like self-hatred and like, you know, like I get a really that's what what definitely one of my pms symptoms i wouldn't refer to it as body dysmorphia because like i don't know what it is but it's that kind of attitude all of a sudden my the way i perceive myself is completely different mm-hmm. like i'm like oh my god i'm huge you know what i mean i'm taking up so much space like jesus christ especially because you know you have like blood gushing out of you you just feel like a sick bastard yeah, because <laughs> i am repulsive <laughs> I, I was gonna apologize for being vulgar there but you know what fuck you no i'm not <laughs> going to apologize for that uh, have you experienced anything of that nature i used to when i was a teenager like i am so in such a good place now with self-worth like even if i go to through um spirits of self-deprecation and self-hatred where I genuinely can't even pick one compliment for myself. There's one thing that I always have is my body confidence because I literally could not give a fuck because when I went off the contraceptive pill, if anyone's been on the contraceptive pill before, you'd know that you gain weight in such a quick amount of time. Like you literally, like I went up three bra cup sizes and then I was just like thicker everywhere else where I couldn't even fit into my clothes and you just feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. so you can't even own it you, you like you just feel like you're not even in your own body yeah. and then when you get off the contraceptive pill you lose it as fast as you gained it which doesn't make any sense either so I'm kind of used to fluctuating in weight so now if I'm on my period I'm just like this is fine because I know it's going to go down and I don't see that as being disgusting because I'm like my body is healthy yeah. so I can just if you just, like trick your mind into thinking this isn't me it's a total social construct that we're supposed to be sticked in all the time yeah. you just look at yourself and think I'm healthy and my body's doing what it's supposed to be doing and you have to be grateful for that as well so that's one thing that I so I, I find it hard to give people advice on it but I am probably a little bit older than my listeners if I'm 22 I'd say the majority is like around your age like 19 and I think that's the hardest years they're the pinnacle years of your life where you are trying to find your self-worth or looking at yourself and thinking am I beautiful or uh, like because you're constantly comparing yourself on everything like on your phone even in real life and growing up as well with three sisters I obviously hit puberty before the two years so I would would start getting chunkier body parts mm. so then I'm like oh my god what's wrong with me yeah. why, why am I tiny skinny mini like my two little sisters yeah. and then as well people constantly 
compare us as well being like oh you know the way mom would as well Ellie has striking features and then I just feel shit about my I'm like what What about me though and then she's like and then she's like oh imagine having thin lips like mom used to say that when oh. I was younger and then I just be like oh okay okay oh, I'm gonna have to pay that, for plastic surgery good. when I'm older like so after that you just have to find ways it's totally self uh, due to self-reflection like you can't mm. depend on anything else it, even it's not the weight it's your feeling towards yeah, the weight and yeah. you know and it's 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 so much it feels so much it feels like a much bigger deal than anyone else can even imagine I feel like I have a much worse attitude though to with like, yeah, like yeah, to, I, a relationship with food and shit like that than you do yeah, um, it's, well especially because like I was like a chubby kid you know when I was like a toddler like I I, I was always like because all of us have like designated slags for each of the siblings <laughs> and mine was like Ellie's a fat you know like that's which is like fair enough like it's, I'm not like I'm not like being like oh my god my childhood was so hard like I had a fantastic childhood but the thing is you weren't that's like we wouldn't make that joke if you actually were you know because yeah, it's insensitive but, but I thought I like yeah, I thought I was yeah. and I think a, a big thing about everyone wanting to be skinny all the time and tiny is especially in regards to women I can't speak on behalf of men but women want to be precious you know like in in everything else maybe not so much you know you like obviously like fucking it's 2020 but um women want to be small and precious and not take up too much space and they don't want to be offensive you know Mm -hmm. they want to be you know they want to be tiny and held and like looked after kind of you know it's Mm -hmm. kind of I I think I think that's much more of a subconscious thing though it's sort of like that that, that's definitely it for me I know I know that that's what it is like because I've got I've gone through it in my own head like why I'm so obsessed with being small and like I'm not I'm not like skinny skinny at all and I never have been I've always been like curvy my my body is so different to you and Searsha's because you and Searsha have like dad's dad's bod <laughs> you've dad bod you have um you have always been really um slim and tall and long legs whereas I was much more like you know had like real big tits and like you know what I mean mm. um you know shit like that so that was the I always felt that I was like offensive and taking up too much space Mm. you know as like when I was younger and I still kind of have carried that on with me into adulthood Mm. um and it's kind of hard in your head what what to determine what the solution is to that how do I get to a place where because I don't think I hate myself or I hate my body I don't but it's just that I'm obsessed with food you know I've never had like an eating disorder or anything of that sort but it's just that I'm I am obsessed with what I'm eating almost all the time like or I'm you know or I go through like weeks where I'm like you know running around the place being like I hate food I don't even eat it that's that's such a bad it's so bad and it's really bad example to set for your friends the people around you Jesus I can't emphasize that anymore because even with our my friend group like if I see one of my friends and I haven't seen them for a few weeks I don't go oh you look beautiful I say oh my god skinny you know like that's that is so fucked up it's crazy especially when I'm somebody who's hyper aware of how how hard it is to struggle with like body image and shit like that I would be someone who would perpetuate that stigma of skinny is good chubby is bad you know and like I'm aware of that now and I don't do it anymore I'm I'm definitely policing my behavior around it because if I'm it's not that I can't and as well like sorry uh, on another note I'm not saying that because I'm like oh they look so skinny they look so good I'm saying that because I know they'll appreciate that more than me saying you look pretty Mm. that's why it's because there's because you can control skinniness you can't really control how you look and that's obviously another thing of like people who suffer with eating disorders um 
but how I've been trying to like it's it's definitely like an ongoing battle or whatever but um I did you watch Grania Bins Grania Bins's IGTV um for she was talking about hot girl summer that I think that was what it was called but she said and this like really rang true with me that it's about everything that you do for your body is you should do it from a place of love rather than a place of hate yeah you know and so like trying to keep yourself from doing the whole like self-punishing thing Mm. you know are you doing that because you um, am I eating healthy and not eating bread and like shit like that because I love myself or because I hate myself and I don't think that I should you know yeah yeah, I I thought that was a good one as well I was like Mm. we love it Grania more of this content honestly um but th- that's been my experience with it anyway but like it's definitely it's definitely gotten better mm-hmm. like you know I'm because de- like now I'm like oh my god I'm actually a sexy bitch yeah, like yeah. did you see my bikini pic on yeah. my Instagram oh my I god, broke the internet she, I said it I said it to her before <laughs> I was like Ellie you, you're gonna upload this and it's actually gonna break the internet it it's is gonna- actually too much I, you like, have I don't to- know if the world is ready for this <laughs> But like even when I was taking them, like I I used to as well because I oh, sorry I'm just fucking word vomit because I sell my naked body I'm in such a unique situation mm. where it's like I don't know any of my friends who do the same thing yeah. so we can't compare what we do like mm. I know you put up bikini pictures but I'm literally like ass tits out like I yeah. am completely just like hyper aware of every single part of my body Mm. and I know other girls who do OnlyFans who literally get ass injections like go to the gym every day and I don't work out anymore like I worked out for like two weeks at the start of quarantine but now I'm just like I actually don't care because this is a normal body and like this is my actual body and what the size is supposed to be at I'm not going to punish myself because I don't like doing exercise so why am I doing it Mm. it's trying to fit some sort of image even though it doesn't make a difference on my business because I know that my body now is a money making object well, yeah. I'm not an object, but you know what I mean? It is, mm. I, my, my body now is my business. So I have to be healthy, but it's like, am I going to put myself through torture to make more money? But the thing is, you don't. Mm. Because, like, people actually don't care that much if you actually really, really look into it. You're not really, though, concerned about what other people are thinking. It's and just yourself. I find, it, I find it interesting the way you, like, th- your attitude towards your body has always been really impressive to me. You know, the way that you're so, you know what I mean? Like, Keelan just, like, fucking walks around the gaff naked and it's, I find it frightening. Like, don't I, Keelan? I avoid yeah. eye contact with her. Yeah, yeah. Like, sometimes she'll make me take her OnlyFans pictures and, like, that's fine. But, like, I avoid eye contact when she's naked in the house. <laughs> like, I can't do it because I just can't relate. Yeah. Um, but I find it interesting as well because I feel like you've always always uh, you've always been a very sexual person mm. so your body you associate it with sex so you'd be like I am sexy mm. that's that's but for me that would make me feel more uncomfortable oh, you know right, yeah. I it, what makes me feel good about my body is if I separate it from the sexual aspect and I just think I am one with nature you know this okay. is the natural my natural my natural beauty this is like the way I am and like I don't fucking exercise either I don't understand how people go for I really don't relate to it <laughs> I, I hate and I hate so much sorry that's such a this is a horrible thing to say I hate so much when somebody that I'm friends with is like all of a sudden they're like oh yeah I'm going on a run I'm like you know what block me unfollow me <laughs> stop, off. Me, stop making me feel bad about myself or when someone's like I'm giving up smoke i'm like stop making me feel bad about myself because no, you care those about things are health. like literally my whole tiktok for you page for a while after i started working out was like belly blast how to get a, a six-pack and all but like working out doesn't it doesn't work like that you can't pin if you do ab exercises it builds your muscle it doesn't mm. lose the fat in that area 
Like, yeah. I, so people have a complete misunderstanding of how exercise even works. Yeah, but like, we're not, you know. Oh, I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert, obviously. This. Like, oh, sorry, I don't know why we're talking about exercise. Making me but at the same time, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, you'd. I don't know how I'm even explaining this. How I tried to lo- started to love my body. I don't even know. Keenan, I think though you're just a very confident person naturally. I think yeah. somebody people just some people just got it and they other people it. have to work on it. No, but I'm confident, but it's it's not it's because I'm not a sexual person at all. Mm-hmm. I think that's why. So my body makes me uncomfortable because I hate when I'm being sexualized without my consent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh, right. without like I don't want to be seen as something that's sexual at all. Okay, you know yeah. I, I don't like that that makes me feel uncomfortable but I love the whole multi-dimensional idea of everyone can be sexual because we're so categorised that like women are either really really sexy or they're modest and intelligent and mysterious yeah. so I like to encompass all of those things yeah. and I say I can, yeah. Keelan's like I'm mysterious intelligent sexy I'm, I'm the whole package this, this whole podcast Hit is just my DMs <laughs> I'm single yeah. I'm available I'm emotionally unavailable though but anyway no but you have to see your, you can't just categorise yourself into one thing Mm. where it's like I need to be this sort of image but I can't be something else because when I started writing poetry as well yeah. I was saying this on the DDR interview today as well when I started writing poetry around a year ago I wouldn't share it because I was like I saw myself as shallow and superficial because I'm an influencer yeah. so it's like I can't be creative and do these things as well but it's like why not though and the only person who's telling me that I can't is myself it's not anyone else because it doesn't fit your image or your brand yeah you know but uh, I, I just totally broke down the ba- boundaries everyone and I just destigmatized poetry on the internet that's what she did she's done that for everyone for all the, po- I, the poets are so grateful I walked so you could run yeah exactly Paul Durkin is just like you know thumbs up yeah, team on yeah, team on fan yeah literally no guys okay sorry this has completely gone off on a tangent let's do one last question because I think okay, th- this sorry, has been going yeah, on for a long time she's, get, she's getting on um, okay how about the fuck Keelan this is Which really one? hard for me to make this decision um <laughs> quick fuck off oh Keelan. sorry medicating depression oh yeah okay this is a good one I can't um, so there's the whole obviously because of Searsha our whole family is like educated on the whole uh, medicating versus not medicating so when you medicate yourself and you're a teenager your brain is still basically plastic until you're around 25 well your brain is it's like still kind of sensitive up until your 30s I'd say but it's so critical for your development to keep your brain healthy but obviously being Irish we all like drink and do drugs and shit so we don't know what that sort of effect has on things but then if you're taking antidepressants it could start a dependency on that as well where you don't where your brain might not be fully developed or ready for that yet but then again there might not be any alternatives to that where it's like you've tried everything you've done the therapy occupational therapy and there's just no answers like you just so you actually need it um but again there's such uh important years of your life where you don't know if it's the right decision or not so the only person who can make that decision is yourself and I don't want if anyone's trying to decide whether they should be medicated or not and listening to this I have no idea what I'm talking about like I am not a psychiatrist this is literally the only uh we've done research for our sister it's not like we know what actual effects it's going to have on you but I know loads of people who had struggled their whole lives with their mental health and are medicated and they're completely like so much happier now and so much better I've heard actually a lot of good reviews rather than bad reviews but I think uh, where it becomes problematic is when 
we're medicating uh, anxiety so like people abusing xanax and shit like that oh yeah you know that's where the problems arise and also it's where i think i think people do make you usually a really informed decision because there's so few psychiatrists in ireland so Mm -hmm. i don't think it's as much of an irish issue as it would be over in like the uk and the states um but i know people who are subscribed Subscribe, nice. Subscribe, honestly, subscribe, subscribe to, to YouTube. Subscribe to Keelan's Only Fans, please. Thank you so much. Make a big donation there on Ellie's behalf. Thanks so much. Um, it's when people are abusing drugs like Xanax and shit yeah. like that. You know, like oh, I can't poxy sleep. <laughs> me though. No. Oh, I actually. No, Keelan, don't say sorry. Me. Yeah, she's gonna regret that sorry. now. Never gonna have to fucking refilm the whole no, thing. Won't, won't, um, yeah, but and also, I just, I just don't fucking trust pharmaceutical companies at all. I'm so yeah, sorry. I'm so skeptical. Like the drug well. peddling in, but that's like the US kind of thing. Like Ireland is just like the best, you know. <laughs> I'm just so grateful to be from this country. You yeah, know what I mean? Good. Um, like Leo Radker, what a fucking legend. Uh, Honestly, do it for Matt Damon. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I take it back. Sorry, I take it back. <laughs> Ellie's getting political. Ellie's getting political with it. Right. Okay. We nip it in the bud now because I'm getting a bit tired. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. If we said anything offensive, I'm really, really sorry. Just in case, I re like we really don't mean it. Oh, can I take back a few things I said as well? Okay, I said her because it's going to give me anxiety when I'm like trying to sleep at night. I'm just going to be staring up the ceiling, and be like, oh my god, I fucked up. I uh, take back what I said about my friend smoking when my friends are quitting smoking night. Oh yeah. Okay. So, it's not true. I don't. That's an. I. I think smoke smoking is poisonous and nobody should do it. And she's you know. rolling her eyes. Everyone. She doesn't mean it. Um. So uh, yeah. Again, if you think that you need some more advice, please seek professional help. Go see a therapist. You can call the Pieta House helpline as well. Uh, you can call. We'll put it in. We'll put it into the, the description. description box if you need some help. And obviously, utilize that. And sometimes I know people aren't even in. It's all well and good saying talk to your friends and family, but sometimes people don't have that have that privilege where they can actually they have a safe space where they can talk to people. So we will leave numbers into the in the, the, the in the description. And I hope everyone's having a good quarantine. Hopefully this brings some comfort and maybe makes you laugh a little. I don't know. I'm sorry if we were if this was hard yeah. to listen to. And and also on the final note of um because uh, of body image and shit like yeah. that just love yourself you're so sexy you look so good girl mm. we love it no, oh my god someone uh, commented on my youtube video saying Keelan I love you but I had to unfollow you on instagram because you make me sad because I want your life which just made me feel really horrible because I never want to create this like unattainable chase Standard, for happiness yeah of this Be- like highlight reel yeah something. because it's not I do that though as well like I have all the pe- hot people that I follow I just mute them like I have so many uh, the only reason I use the mute button is just so that I don't have to look at hot people and just be reminded all the time of (laughs) how hot they are you know of like something that I you know so I like I get that but sometimes like what you're what you're wounded there is fair enough it's actually healthy yeah yeah. you know it's fair enough and like it's kind of it's like it's funny that you are one of those people whereas like you would have experienced that sorry we're like still going on even though we already did a conclusion (laughs) okay right okay okay yeah remember to love yourself and uh, hug yourself as well today just for 30 seconds after listening to this hug yourself take a deep breath drink a cup of green tea have Pure, a wank have a, have a wank that is that is actually is expression of self-love and it needs to be taught more and it boosts your immune system so fighting that COVID-19 beach okay. um, peace out god bless god bless love you all kisses